Welcome to Karl Marx as a Washing Up, um, where we ponder deep philosophical questions in the time it takes to make uh, five Tesco's basic microwave meals. Perfect. I'm Shai Telly. And I'm Elias Kassam. Uh, and this evening we're going to discuss the fact that I was a couple of hours late for this, actually. So what do you think about time? Well, you obviously have like no regard for it and lives in this kind of, like I don't know, parallel, what you like to call deconstructed reality. That's which exactly just basically means drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but why, why do we place such an importance on time? Uh, well, I think it's just because of like uh, logical structures of uh, humanity that are built up over time. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Uh, um, that just, you know, eradicate the grey areas of existence and just sort of help us live in nice, orderly... Um, entropy-defying uh, reality so that we can, like, I don't know, just live neat and wonderfully and uh, just makes life easier. So, so as one who's trying to live, you know, uh, without the boundaries of time, you know... If I Is say, that what you're doing or you're just late? <laughs> I think if I say I'm going to be there, I will be there. It just, you know, it could be in the morning, it could be in the evening. Like, uh, but is there something wrong with that? Well, I guess it depends on the customs of society, really. Like, or like, who? What? What is the basis of why you're running? Is it because uh, why you're up late? Is it because you've transcended into like this deep metaphys- metaphysical abyss, or is it just because you have no regard for other people's feelings? <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but say it was the deep metaphysical abyss. How would one obtain that? How would one get to that state of being? And do you think you've been in that state of being, where you've transcended time? Yeah, I guess this is what we were talking about last time. Yeah. Like, transcending the, getting into the deep... I mean, it all comes back to, like, can we transcend the materiality of this world and, like, access that sort of ineffable kind of, I don't know, ecstasy that renders everything that we live in our day-to-day lives as irrelevant. And what if I told you that I think I achieved that state on a daily basis? I would just say, well, you just... You were just drunk. <laughs> if you were to tell me, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, but if someone else was to tell you, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm dying to believe in that. <laughs> I'm just like the way, like, uh, what color? What color was the water? <laughs> so what you're really saying is, next time I'm late, I need to tell you that I was in a deep metaphysical abyss, rather than that there were tube delays. Or anything like no, that. No, no, just tell me that you uh, delays because I won't believe the, You won't believe the difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe you ended up talking to somebody on the train and um, you got into this like uh, discussion about like w- like the best pizza topping or something. <laughs> right. And then started arguing and then got off at the wrong stop. <laughs> and then through this sort of like rigorous kind of attention towards pizza toppings, stumbled into this sort of ecstatic experience which sent you into the abyss and made me late and made you late yeah. but if you said i was like i went to like yoga class so if we if we talk about time in a different topic what about time uh with regards to your poetry and your art what what when what, what do you mean how do you mean so does time play any role when you're creating art or creating your poetry so i think i mean the crazy thing about art in general um, is it is essentially a defiance of time. Like what we do in art is trying to eternalize like moments. 
So we try and create, we take this and we try and to, because it's so fleeting and so moving and we can't deal with the fact that beauty fleets, we try and sort of like capture it, capture it and put yeah. it in like tangible form and like often to the point that we think that it can outlive our own selves. And I think this is like kind of, there's this sort of like strange juxtaposition between this idea that like we do something so noble and majestic that we offer this uh this artistic porthole into like the past in which we like oh actually exist as like a time traveling machine and so we can take people to this one moment of ecstatic beauty, um, feeling right? or beauty yeah. um through that but like in this wrapped up in this nobility is this complete stupidity <laughs> that we think that we can and or should defy the nature of impermanence. Um, and do you think that you've successfully achieved that state? Or do you think that art successfully achieves that state? Well, I think, I don't know if we defy impermanence. We, we put ourselves under the illusion that we can defy impermanence, right? Yeah. But so what I think the superior art is, or the superior artist is somebody who not, doesn't try to defy time, but tries to become it. And how do you become time? Just being, not, not considering something as, there's less of a gap between, there's like no gap between feeling and expression. It's not like, um, okay, I see this, or I feel this, how do I articulate it? Yeah, it's like, it's all one. It just no. It just feels onto the page. It feels onto the canvas or whatever, and it just like it's like the universe just flows through you. And then you also, also after that, you have to have like a lack of attachment to the form that comes from it. So you're not trying to capture a fleeting moment of beauty, for example. You're just capturing the universe coming through. You. Well, you're not capturing anything, or you're but not trying to capture. It's just coming through. You're just becoming. You're just you're yeah. trying to dissolve the self to the point that you become the universe. And in the becoming of the universe. The expression of the universe is the art. And do you think many artists achieve that state? Um, I think a lot of great artists do that, but then the way in which the art is all contextualized works against that. So it's like, I find like the good art is kind of the dissolution of the self, but the sort of promoting of your art and like actually like is the assertion of the self. Yeah. So there's this kind of, just position, yeah, 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 yeah. between like um, doing this very like incredibly spiritual process and then like bringing it or like you know associating yourself to it, it all just kind of destroys it. Yeah, because you're talking about uh, not attaching yourself to the work that you create, whereas taking a step back, which is then it's very hard to sell work if you don't yeah. attach yourself <laughs> to the work, right? And to make a living out of you know your art. Yeah, that's very true. So you're implying that the two can't live in harmony together. That as an artist, you can't potentially create the work that you want to create. No, I, d I think they can, but it just takes a very, like, kind of superior being to be able to do so. Like, I think it's just, it's just very hard not to wrap your ego around the, the way in which you contextualize your art. It's very true. Um, and so, but I guess that's just a challenge. Like, there's a challenge that comes with every profession and everything that we do. And I think the biggest, um, you know, challenge with art is not to lose yourself within sort of the kind of egotism and narcissism that can surround it. But I think in today's modern age, that's the case with 
everything. Yeah, with every profession, right? Yeah, pretty much. So when you talk about the universe coming through you, flowing through you and spilling out onto the beautiful canvas, how do you think that you, how do you think that process works? Like, is there a process? Is there a routine that one can follow? Is there a routine that you follow to try and achieve that state? Well, or is there a certain time? I guess, I guess we mentioned this like before, but there was this idea that I think, you know, to crave it or to lust after it or even like want to access that dissolution of self prevents the dissolution of self from coming. But there's things that you can cultivate, like mechanisms within your life that you can build and cultivate in order to give birth to this. Yeah. Um, so an example of that would be, an example from your own life would be what? Well, just taking a bath. <laughs> so like a lot of, for me, a bathing. lot of things. Like, um, bathing? Yeah, bathing. Like for me, that's like the most, my deepest realizations in life. How come in the bath? Yeah. A lot of the time have happened in the bath. So but you don't have a bath because you want to write something. Yeah, you but... have a bath to have a bath. And consequently, you might write. Oh, so it's not like a one-for-one. One. Not every bath that you have will lead to, you know, uh, spiritual guidance or writing or anything. Oh, like no, no, that. no. Definitely not. Okay. But, but it's also, the, there is also that kind of thing. When you, a lot of the time, if I take a notebook and a pen, pencil to the bath, I won't write anything. But if I don't, <laughs> then I'm just like running around naked across my apartment, like dripping with water, looking for a pen and paper. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. And then, do so you think in these states you've achieved uh, this process where the universe is flowing through you and spilled out onto the page? No, I mean, not always. Sometimes it's just like... Um... And this can take place in the form of art or poetry. So would you like to read us one of your poems where you think that you've reach this state oh i don't know uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't tell you like this I, I don't think it would be maybe right for me to say that this piece of work happened in this state and is that I because you, i don't know you don't acknowledge the state when you're in it or because one can't acknowledge the Probably state can't really remember it. yeah you can't acknowledge it when you're in it but in retrospect i guess you can yeah um maybe i would but i don't know if i've like picked what is like, this was transcendent, this was not. Yeah, that's very true. It would be impossible to, <laughs> to, to make it in that sort of category. Something. But maybe that is something that one can do. Is that something that you think you could do? To do what? To, to do. define your work as, you know, this is when I was in a transcendent state, this is when I was... Yeah, I think I can, I can notice differences. There is a certain... Um, like a subtlety. Yeah, there is, there is a subtlety. And I think, I, pe- I think people sense it in... Uh, in, other people's, yeah, in other people's works. I think, like, I don't know. I... Do you think when you go and see a retrospective of an artist, for example, uh, you would be able to pick points? Maybe not pick certain pieces, but you'd be able to tell when they were in a sort of state where they would flow through and they would, where they were in that sort of flowing state, and then you'd pick other pieces where they potentially just painted that because someone had asked them to or they, were, they just wanted to paint. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess maybe we consider the more abstract to have that kind of metaphysical like quality that we talk self, about. Right? Yeah, yeah, the solution of self. And then... But why do we think that? Well, because it's like drawn from less uh, physical forms that we're, that we're used to. So like if you see this picture of like a realist picture of like a table and stuff, you're like, oh yeah, I saw that on my way to work. That's the table in Ikea, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whereas if you see this like real like splat of ink and some like shapes and stuff, it's like, 
Have I seen that before? Maybe cheap. in the birth canal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it would make you think twice. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But I don't, I, I, I hate the idea that, like, this makes it sound like abstract art is superior yeah. to... When it's like, not. No, no. Yeah. After, I think, I guess... I mean, I have kind of, like, created some, like, hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's just, like... Well, so that's the different important. art has different functions. Well, that's the important question, though, actually. So do you think you can create uh, a landscape when you're in that sort of state where the universe is flowing through you? Or can you only create, you know, splodges on a page or, like... Uh, uh, yeah, it's abstract art. Um, no, I think you can. You think you can? Yeah. What do you think? I reckon, like, you know, because if you're, in, if you're looking at a landscape and you become in complete harmony with it, landscape, you can you sort of create a sort of mimicry of it in which you capture the true essence of what is in front of you. Yeah, and that's what changes the landscape painting from, like, a bog-standard landscape painting, right? This sort of... Yeah, ethereal yeah. quality. Yeah. Which, like, captures the energy and the essence rather than yeah. purely the form. And that's why not everyone can do it, because some people... Because you can't always capture the energy. Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess there's, like, what do you reckon about, like, this, the amount of the self that goes into, like, a painting? So, like, like the personality of the artist. But does that depend on how long it takes you to paint the painting? Because how, how much, uh, so if it's just something that you uh, did in five minutes, you know, like a quick brush stroke where you just felt, you know, because you're in the bath. And something just took over you and you completely and you took it and it took you a few moments. How much of yourself are you putting into that? Is it comparable to, you know, painting that took you twenty four you know, twenty four days or twenty four weeks or something? Is it comparable? Hmm. Like what in terms of quality or in terms of In terms of uh, energy and how much of yourself that you've put into it? No, I mean for me it's like it doesn't you know, when I have this moment where it feels like a dissolution of self, it takes no energy from me. It's just very like it it feels like like you know energizing afterwards. There's like this like catharsis, and you just feel like kind of free and empty. Um, and then something which is like rigorous and like constant, and this like there's this meditation in there where there's a sort of bliss, but it's like exertion. And then like in the completion, there's this sort of release and catharsis. Catharsis. But the other ones like almost like nothing's change you've just like vacated for a while and then come back but you're not saying that one is better than the other no i think they just like they offer different things and create i don't know it's it's strange part of me thinks that this sort of like transcendent is like a greater experience but then another part of me thinks that you know maybe like if you're truly like transcending on any level like and we're actually like really dissolution well then you don't you can't make any art yeah, you, you can't so speak dark, or say right? anything yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like in complete like yeah total ecstasy you're in a completely different plane right yeah yeah for sure so well not for sure <laughs> well we don't know <laughs> we haven't no achieved that state uh, we haven't achieved that state so do you well, think... we've achieved the state of no knowledge which is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comes across in this podcast yeah yeah Going back to the concept of time, then. What is time? <laughs> what is well, the time? thing is, we're saying, like, <laughs> what art We're acting does. like we know what time... Yeah, exactly. Like, so art's role in time, and we're talking about, like, so how, we, how we're late, but, yeah, what is time? What is, what is actually... Yeah, what is time? I don't know. Do you have any ideas? I, uh, I, well, I, I think if art exists to capture time, 
Actually, no. no. So that's all I have on that. What okay. do you think? So, so I, so I think basically, uh, time. If we're going to look at it, probably can be kind of at least to speak about it can be broken down into three elements, three, three types of time, right? Okay. So one is the impermanent. Yeah. The other is the ecogenic. Which is what? And the and third is the human. So right? if you were to do examples so, of all yeah. three. So basically, well, so basically impermanence is the notion that everything doesn't occur all at once. Right? So uh, this moment happens, then this moment happens, this moment happens. Basically just there's change. Yeah. The universe changes, things are in transients. Yeah. Right? And, and then... Transients, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think... Oh, the state, I don't know, the speed. Yeah, but the is, speed is variable, right? Yeah, that's another question. But like, <laughs> okay, let's just say that the, the impermanence that I'm talking about is like that time is just that things move. Okay. Right? And things change. I think so. Then okay. the human notion of time is the idea that um, is like calendars and dates and like, and like all yeah. these uh, like very and like specific a clock, yeah, and yeah, a yeah. clock and stuff, very specific, quite um, dualistic deconstructed notions of time and then the ecogenic kind of lives between these two ideas so let's say it's ecogenic because it's it seems like it's actually like founded within nature but it still is quite possibly prone to human delusion right so i like the ideas of the cycles of nature so the fact that there's night and day if you just look at things you observe blackness at the certain part of time and white lightness and a not sort of part and another part of time so then from that we abstract certain things and then that leads to calendars and all these sort of specific things so then when you ask the question is time an illusion for me uh the impermanent time i find it very hard to refute that to be an illusion i think that time does exist right everything is changing right everything's moving yeah I think everything's in constant flux. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and then, so, then what I think does come into question, whether it exists or not, is the human notion of time. And then to a lesser extent, we start exploring the ecogenic. So, so can one, such as myself, completely disregard the human notion of time and just live in the impermanence? Yeah, I, I think so. It's very hard in today's society and like with our conditioning and everything and yeah. our logical structures of our brain, but... Um, I what, don't know. What would like, be the benefits of me completely disregarding time? Like, uh, it's all very well for me and say to say well, that I'm going to do that. But what would be the what would be the? Point? I guess our listeners would be free of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> free of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be able to resume your lives. Yeah, yeah. I guess you'd never turn up here. <laughs> or there, anyway. Um, or maybe I'd never leave. Or maybe you'd never leave. Maybe this would just be an endless podcast. That would be perfect. Yeah, for some. <laughs> <laughs> um, take turns to sleep. Okay, yeah, well, I guess... Yeah, so what would be the benefits of me completely disregarding time? Uh, the human notion of time? Or is there no benefit to it? Well, I think... Well, the benefit... <laughs> so, the thing is, we don't know that that is actually a delusion, right? Yeah, We're not sure. saying that the human notion of time is actually wrong. What I think is incredible is it's so, like... Amazing that in all the del- our delusion and all the complexness of time, December still feels the same every year. 
Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Well, okay. Apart from the, like, <laughs> the feeling and the, the cold is the same. And it's like, how have we actually managed to create a calendar that does function? Right. And even then we yeah. have all these, like, we have all these, like, um, kind of mechanisms to offset things like leap years and, um, you know, daylight savings yeah, and stuff posters, like things. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Things actually sort of progress in a way that makes sense. Yeah. So, so maybe it's not as much of a delusion yeah. as we think it is. I guess that's the... I mean, that's the question to... I don't know, to ponder, but I don't... I don't but is really it actually a question to ponder? Well, I mean, there's no question that needs <laughs> to be pondered, right? <laughs> but are we here out of necessity? Oh, that's a completely different question. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for... So if we focus on the ecogenic theory... Your ecogenic concept of time. So I think that's quite a quite a maybe sensible way in which to live that balances the two notions of like um, a contextualization of the impermanent to a degree that is not like um, psychotic. <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like yeah, the sort of the human things that we've um, the human notion of time is a kind of a product of a rationality. And so the real issue is the rationality. So when I, when you say like, what are the benefits of me losing the human notion of time? I think really the benefits is like losing a dualistic, uh, rationality. And from losing that, a sort of a product of that is you losing that human notion of time. Right. And the losing of the rationality that creates that, that very, um, strict notion of time, um, uh, yeah, losing that brings you to a deeper harmony between elements of anything, right? <laughs> and you think that's based on, and you've experienced this in practice? Well, I mean, to some degree, it's like basically when you consider, when you consider yeah. two things to be separate from each other, then we consider them to be opposing and we yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. we see them against each other. Rather than complementing each other. Yeah, rather than complementing each other. And if you don't see such a distinction between two separate things, uh, two things, then there's like more harmony, naturally. Right? But is it possible for us to achieve that state? And I don't mean... I think so. I think... I mean, I don't, I mean I don't, I'm not a historian, but I think there's like primitive cultures that have done that. Yeah? Yeah. And I think the ecogenic uh, sort of that way of system is quite, you know, there's a lot of primitive cultures who have noticed cycles in nature and then they pay attention to the cycles in nature and they live through them, but probably just because of time. <laughs> they haven't actually, like, taken it as far as we have today in our world. Because our calendars are based on the cycles of nature, right? Yeah, yeah, They've just sure. been extrapolated to, you know, yeah. maybe potentially a ludicrous amount. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know, maybe it's not, like, a ludicrous amount. <laughs> I, yeah. Wait, what have we been talking about? What do you mean? For the last 21 minutes. Well, we've been talking about time, so essentially nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so for yeah. me, this time is essentially God. This time is God? Yeah. So I think so uh, when, oh. the impermanence, the impermanent, when we're talking about the impermanent type of time, impermanent level of time. Um, so in art, you're trying to capture time and it, but time is God. So you're trying to capture God with your art. No, become God. You're trying to become God. Become one with God. Become one with God because God is playing free. Yeah. Ah. Ah. That is a very effective summary of what we've just discussed. Yeah? Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Uh, I, maybe when I play this podcast back, it won't make any sense. 
But I think right now it doesn't make a lot of sense. Do you think it makes sense? I mean, yeah, it makes sense to me. Should we stop but there? as much sense as like, if it makes too much sense, then it doesn't actually make real sense because no, but the fact that it makes just becoming logical and not actually yeah. visceral. So the fact that it makes no sense makes perfect sense. Yeah, of course. That's it. <laughs> that's the rule. That's the rule. Yeah. And we should stop at that point. Yeah, and do some washing up. 